Hey, what's up, guys? It's Nico from Boardstock. I just wanted to tell you guys, hey, thank you so much for your support. Really goes a long way. Sorry to interrupt the episode at the beginning. I just want to let you know, if you could leave a rating and review specifically on iTunes, it really goes a long way. It really helps the channel grow. Really helps the podcast get to more people. And yeah, I love you all. Thank you so much for your support. I'm loving doing this these episodes, and so is Marcus. And yeah, please rate, review on iTunes, and love you all. Enjoy. Hey, what is going on, everybody? This is Nico. And this is Marcus. And welcome to Porch Talk. Today, we have Seabrook, Cameron Seabrook, Elijah Seabrook. He is a singer-songwriter. He raps. He sings. Again, he makes his own songs. Uh, his story was really interesting, honestly. Uh, if you would have noticed at the beginning of this, we had part of his song playing as our intro. Uh, you'll find out later in the episode that he allowed us to do that. But such a cool guy, super down to earth. Yeah, he's, he's such a, an he's awesome a phenom- person. phenomenal person, and he makes absolutely phenomenal music. Um, and uh, as you'll hear, he has a he has a bit of a surprise uh, for everybody regarding. Uh, his album then that might be coming out pretty soon so uh give it a listen tell me about your life tell me tell me where you grew up tell me everything that got you to the point you are today and in the lines of music or in the yeah in the lines of where you're at where you want to go so i grew up here in dayton ohio um and uh my environment kind of growing up was i grew up in a in a split household so you know my parents weren't together and things like that and that caused a lot of friction and tension just throughout my whole adolescence um but beyond that i would say the reason like i'm i've started going into the direction that i'm going is just that i've always been a very ambitious person and my mentality is like you have to go after what you want and what you love in life and um me kind of having that that mentality and looking up to people who had that mentality and famous people or athletes, whatever it may have been, um, kind of molded me to be the person that I am because I kind of grew up in an environment where I didn't have a lot of male role models or male leadership. So I kind of sought after that in other things like in music and through that it kind of created that hey I, I think I like doing music too I think I like doing these things too and you know just started from a young age you know molding me from there yeah so with that along the way how many mentors have you have you came across and that you hold dear near and dear to your heart because of that whole void that you needed to fill so um as far as mentors are concerned I didn't really have like any growing up which is kind of weird uh it wasn't till I got to a little bit older, till about my, uh, till about 18 years old, that I met a a, a trainer who uh, who's very like close to me and uh, helps me just with uh, soccer and um, and my state of mind and just continuing to grow and push myself. And that's a person I know that I can always turn to um, in whatever situation. You know what I mean? So when you say you looked up to the various musicians and mm-hmm. um, and artists uh, or folks out in the sports world as well mm-hmm. uh c- c- give me give me an artist that, that you really looked up to as so a some people may hate on me because a lot uh, people sometimes don't like this artist but uh logic was one of them 
mm-hmm. and he came out with a, a string of mixtapes back in like 2011 12 13 around that time period and that those mixtapes were just so inspiring to me and i think really in the lines of music that's what really like made me want to be a musician also for real wow. yeah i didn't yeah. even know he was out back then yeah so i yeah. i would say i've been a follower of him since the beginning i don't like some of his newer music as much but um i've been a follower of him since since the jump yeah what was so special about logic tell me i would say with with his music back then is that it was on a different wave than most of the other music that i heard at the time it was on the the wave of be positive and and we're all created equal and to do what you love in life and that was the message that resonated with me that's amazing man now you were talking a lot about your uh about sports and soccer Mm -hmm. and your mentor there how has playing soccer and exercising transitioned into your uh into your music it's uh it's taught me discipline um for when you when you craft when you're crafting your body it takes hard work and it takes dedication and you don't always immediately see the results of that you'll be like i've been doing this i've done this push-up whatever it may be i've done this exercise a million times and i'm not really seeing results but it is it it's taught me to be consistent because consistency is what brings results and it's what allows you to uh, reach your goals. It's like um, the saying, if you're eating a bowl of cereal, for example, you eat it a little, one little bite at a time. And it's the same thing when you're reaching your goals. That's an and awesome, that's, that's an awesome analogy. Is. I fuck with that analogy pretty heavy actually. <laughs> yeah. But um, tell me a little about your athletic career, your athletic background. I know we played, I know we played high school together but past that, I don't know what's what's going on. Yeah, so I, um, I yeah, we played high school together, and I didn't start playing club soccer till I got to high school, and so main reason just because it was so expensive, and I didn't have anywhere to get to and fro, so that's what kind of held me back in that area. But um, a lot of people don't know I never played varsity for Northmont. I never played varsity in general, but I played in college and. Um, so when I got to college, I remember the coach, he told me, he was like, you know, you're going to be like a reserve player this year, this and that, you know, we may get you in the rotation a game or so, but you know, don't get discouraged, this and that. And I, I was like, okay, coach, you know, sounds good. But in my head, I was like, that's not happening. You know? Yeah. And I made a goal and I said, halfway through the season, I want to be starting. You know, I don't care if I'm a freshman, I don't, you know, I want, that's what I want. And so I worked really hard to get, get to that point and, um, and I did that. That's and awesome. So, yeah. And so I was uh, playing up into, uh, into my junior year and uh, I had to take a step away uh, specifically because the, the politics surrounding the school that I was going to was a little too severe for a person like me. And um, I had to just kind of go into a different direction. So um, after that, I've looked at a, a couple semi-pro teams and had a couple opportunities to play with them and things like that. But I've decided not to um, either the, it did, the opportunity didn't work out or I decided not to go that route. And so I'm still training and I'm still looking at some of my options if I want to decide to finish college playing or if I want to just go ahead and go semi-pro and look at those options. So, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, because – from when we played, you're you're genetic freak for soccer. <laughs> yeah, you're quick as hell. 
you can jump super <laughs> high. Like you're the only person that I know that can get up to get a head ball from a corner kick past the six foot people. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's insane. Yeah. So you you have so such good genetics as well as work ethic yeah. for soccer, and I and I commend that one hundred percent. With that, have you ever have you ever uh, not exercised or not gone and played soccer for a certain amount of time and see that affect your music? Yeah, what one thing I do find is that I need exercise in my life, regardless if I never played soccer again. It it changes your uh, your mind mm-hmm. is what I've realized because in that about year span of time from my junior year to when I started playing college, I wasn't really exercising or playing. I was kind of like, uh, I got this offer, but I was just like, maybe I shouldn't take it. You know, I wasn't in really the best headspace and. Um, and what I find is that in the periods of time that I haven't exercised or haven't trained, it um, my mental durability kind of wanes a bit. Mm-hmm. Is what I find. Yeah, yeah. no, I I'm in the same boat. I can't go. I can't go more than a week without working out. Yeah. After a week, it's like I'm going insane, and I'm angry throughout that whole first <laughs> week of me not lifting it as yeah. well. But what about nutrition? I mean, uh, you're you seem to be all there. Exercise wise, what about the nutrition aspect? So I've I always have liked ice cream. Oh and so, man, ice yeah. cream's so good though. Yeah, so there was a period of time in college where I was training for about five hours a day, every day, um, you know, through the week at least. Mm-hmm. And so I would eat a big Sunday every day, which is probably not the best thing to do, <laughs> but I would do it <laughs> for sure. You know, one thing I hear about a lot of NBA pl- basketball players, uh-huh. um, you always see them on their Instagram, on Twitter, whatever. Yeah. They'll get out of their training or the workout sessions, and where do they go? They go to McDonald's. And one of the one of the things that they actually use to justify that is like, hey, these guys are expending like ridiculous amount of energy that only that that kind of food that has that much like <laughs> carbohydrates in it can replace it. So maybe 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 the Sunday, at least part of the Sunday, is okay. Who knows? Yeah, Who knows, maybe, man? Maybe so. I was just asking because nutrition is a really underutilized sure. aspect of performance training and uh and mm-hmm. being getting better at your specific sport or exercise so i was just wondering where you were at on that but going back to uh, the music side so you have two singles out and you're dropping and you have a video out as well a music video correct? yeah so that's coming out on the 28th okay yes yeah, so okay. that's coming soon so uh i've been a little quiet since about the turn of the year and um and what i've what, what i've been doing is just uh, creating some strategies and working on some plans to release music periodically throughout the summer and I'm planning on um, using those singles to supplement the release of my album okay yeah. okay mm-hmm. so going back to the two uh, singles you have out now Thin Line and what was the other before. one before mm-hmm. what was your mindset going into each of these because they're two drastically different uh, yeah. styles so what uh, a lot of people don't realize is that I have a a uh, a lot of music just like in the vault that just done songs that nobody's ever heard that are completely finished and um and what people don't realize is that sometimes i say okay it's not the time to put this one out even though i made it like a year ago and then i'll put it out and so when i make the songs when i release them aren't always uh i'm not always in the same state of mind okay yeah. okay so within line did you create that before the other single 
or yeah it was actually around this close to the same time okay yeah okay. so um i have i've had thin line for about three years and um and a couple of the guys who are part of my team they're like man you got to put this out this and that um and i was like all right you know what i was gonna go ahead and do it and put it out and so i did and a lot of people really really liked it and mm -hmm. i was kind of surprised because i've heard it a million times they've heard it a million times so it was kind of like old news to me but everyone else really liked it and really enjoyed it and it's one of my uh better better performing songs yeah you talked about state of mind mm -hmm. and music and just the effect that it has on it mm -hmm. um t talk to us a little bit more about that like give give us like a specific so like with thin line mm -hmm. talk about your state of mind there so um that i would say when i made that particular song it was for a project that a lot of people don't know about called say you love me that i released about july 28 2016 and um that was the song that didn't make the cut ironically because <laughs> this probably would have been one of the better songs and um and that that whole album that i put together ep was like me kind of reminiscing and and talking about how i'm moving into a new direction in life uh specifically in the lines of music and it was before i went away to college and things like that so that was kind of where my head was at it was in a reminiscing type of type of uh, mindset thinking about some of the things that i've been through in the recent past and where i'm going okay yeah. okay and with that, how have you leveraged your social media to help promote all this stuff? I mean, you have a pretty huge following on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so, your <clears throat> Facebook page is big from what I could tell. Yeah. So um, what what people don't realize is that, and this is kind of getting to the business side, and there's a lot of independent musicians that aren't successful, and the reason being is because they don't do their research. And... If you look at these big record labels, uh, whoever, you know, the biggest artist out right now is, and these labels have millions of dollars to put into putting that artist's music anywhere. You know what I mean? Put it on the radio, put it all across the world in different countries. And when you're an independent artist, you have a much smaller budget. Even if you're one of the bigger independent artists, you always are going to have a smaller budget. And um, your business strategy will have to change so me having 4600 followers on instagram i think it's where it's at something mm -hmm. like that or if i had 10,000 followers on instagram um it, it's a great thing it shows other people that other people follow me and they pay attention but as the business of elijah seabrook i don't own those followers if that makes sense yeah instagram or facebook or youtube owns those followers so if i want to monetize those followers to help further support my music i can't really do that without having their email or their contact information or having some form of direct contact with them if that makes sense yeah you know what i mean so a independent artist strategy should be more focused on sales and connection with the people who are already their fans. While if I was like a big artist, my only focus is having a million followers on Instagram because that is what naturally people are going to continue buying and that's what is going to promote my music more than focusing on the connection side because I'm okay. already so big. So what have you done with that to increase your sales what have you done with the followers that you have 
your connections to help increase those sales of whatever you may be choosing to sell. So what I'm doing is I'm actually working on building a website. And um, and what I'll be doing is having music on the website that is nowhere else. Okay. You know, it's, and so people who do follow me, if they want to help support me, they will get access to that music, to those videos, whatever it may be, only through my website. If that makes sense, yeah. Only through through me. Therefore, I can have that direct connection with my followers. Okay. And then, um, secondly, when I go to these shows and I perform around the city and stuff like that, um, I always try to have some type of content to give to the people who support me at the shows. So again, that's to further that connection. Okay. Yeah. Okay. With the shows, how many shows have you done? What has been your experience with those shows? All uh, of that. Uh, it's been great. I love I love performing. Um, I love, um, you know, just connecting with the crowd and stuff. I, I perform pretty much all across Ohio, um, for the main part, um, and I perform a lot of open mics here in the Dayton area, and so it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, man. What kind of stuff do you do with social media uh, when it comes to like your know, specific post or or that stuff to like draw people in, get them engaged with you? So there's a um, there's just a bunch of it's a bunch of different strategies and what um, and you you'll probably find millions of videos on YouTube on post this way or that way and this will get you this many followers and likes or you'll see someone say a thousand likes a minute or whatever stupid thing it is and it really is really is just keeping it simple and keeping it professional so you have to put yourself in the mind of the people who are looking at your content and you have to ask yourself or physically ask them what they want to see and just give that to them it's it's, it's fairly simple for the most part okay yeah. you ever fall you ever like getting involved with any of those gimmicks you ever like try to try to do any of those cool stuff uh, that those videos are telling you to do um yeah um there are some strategies that do help um to help bring more attention to your profile mm -hmm. but for the most part anything that is like a get rich quick scheme you know get anything takes work and if and if it didn't take hard work that person's cheating yeah i <laughs> you know speaking I mean? of speaking <laughs> of the get rich quick scheme i was scrolling through uh i was scrolling through facebook i think it was recently and i saw this post that says um huge deal going on the secret to making a million dollars on Facebook is now only one dollar for the first million people. Mm -hmm. So it'd be the first a million people would give that guy a dollar for him to say, "Hey, put up a post saying the first million people get this secret for a dollar." <laughs> I thought that. I thought that. That's the definition of a pyramid scheme. Right? Yeah, that is literally a pyramid scheme, but. Uh, Going back to going back to the music nowadays, there's a lot of uh, radical honesty and and not hiding the true side of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, has there been instances where you did or did not put out a song because it wasn't honest to your brand or or, or how you portray mm -hmm. your lifestyle? So uh, my brand is the real ones. And um, and as I build my website and continue to promote myself better, um, that'll be a little clearer to the people who follow me. And basically, my business model is that I always want, and everything that I do underneath that brand is to stay true to me as just being a human being. You know what I mean? I I am a man of God. You know, I'm a Christian, but at the same time, I don't 
define myself by that. And I think too many people in the in the world they try to define themselves by something instead of just being what they already are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's like instead of saying, All right, I'm Elijah Seabrook, it's like, Oh, I am Elijah the artist, or I'm Elijah the soccer player, or I'm Elijah the blank and it's like take that out and just you are who you are and so through my music whether people disagree with it or they hate it or they love it I have to ensure that this this is where I'm at and I'm just keeping it real um, you know what I mean the, uh, I don't curse in my music um, specifically because my mentality is I want my music to be something that people anyone can listen to even like your son could listen to for example and you wouldn't feel kind of maybe shouldn't be hearing that Mm -hmm. or anything like that because at the end of the day i want to promote a message of positivity and um and progression that's awesome that's such a that's such a good message behind what you're doing because i know what we're doing with this podcast is just being radically honest trying to figure out what makes people get to the position where they are today Mm -hmm. and i think i think that is so awesome that you're doing what you're doing although we do curse a lot especially Nico. <laughs> nah, I, especially yeah <laughs> I, I, the thing is you got that's the thing so many christians are judgmental and do this and that and i'm not gonna get too far into it but my philosophy is like if you do believe in christianity and jesus came and paid the price then you look at how he lived his life and you model yourself after that and so if a person comes to me and they're cursing like a sailor or whatever and i curse sometimes you know what i mean i'm not a saint you know what i mean and i won't ever try to portray that i am but i'm not gonna judge someone or tell them they're wrong for just being or talking or being a person that they feel that they are you know we can get into it a little bit though, because yeah, I, sure. I, I like the philo- I like I want to understand the philosophy behind it, because you know, like as you talked about, you're 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 a rapper, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're in this this uh, music space where where uh, the predominant you know amount the, the vast majority, excuse me, mm-hmm. of rappers do curse, you know. Yeah, it's it's almost like a staple of, of rap, um, and of just like, like the whole like kind of rock and roll like in your face kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. So just. I don't know. Could, could you elaborate a bit on like how you, uh, why you decided not to, not to go that route, not to curse? Um, there's a couple reasons. I can go back to listening to Logic growing up, mm-hmm. and although he did curse in his music, he kind of showed me uh, that you can be positive in music and still be successful. You can, you can not have to talk about um, getting head and doing drugs every five seconds and still gain a following and still do what you love and that's what i learned from him and then secondly within the christian community it it broke me down especially going to the school that i went to um and being able to deal with other people who are quote unquote believers of god um that that really broke me to see um how other followers of jesus are are how they act and how they go through life and it made me make a vow to not be that way you know wow that's amazing yeah because they're very judgmental um and i think it's a big reason why a lot of people who would consider themselves a non-believer of christianity have such a disdain towards christians in general and that uh, intolerance towards it yeah that that kind of air of moral superiority that the number Mm -hmm. of folks of faith do walk with yeah it's very disquieting you know yeah but yeah 
So, you're making music, you're starting to make your moves. Mm-hmm. This album. Yeah. You were telling me when you walked in, you got so many questions about the album, the album, what's the what's your reasoning <laughs> yeah. behind the album? When's the yeah. album coming out? Everybody was interested about the album, so um, I don't want to give a specific date because it's not done yet, but I'm shooting for for the end of the summer, like around August. That's that's my hope. Um, um, so right there at the end of the summer, beginning of the fall is is where I'm uh, when I plan to release it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, what kind of vibe does this album bring? Because so, you already have two drastically different singles. What's th- what's this album? Gonna yeah. Be? So so I I'm not much of a singer, but I do I kind of like the melodic type of uh, music and uh when i was creating this album i wanted to show a a, kind of the two sides of my art and so i wanted to show the melodic side of elijah um the the kind of catchy tunes and things like that and i also wanted to show a bit a bit of my edginess and kind of the determination and fire inside of me through my music and so i would say they uh the album has a mix of both of those sides of me okay okay and what was your reasoning behind the album what was the motivation behind it um for me uh the album's gonna be called the real ones or a real one or some aspect of that um to kind of just be like here i am this is what i do this is how i do it now rock with me type of type of mentality you know what i mean okay okay uh because I could keep releasing singles, but I wanted people to kind of get a full project of who I am as an artist, and before, uh, before I continue to move forward. So okay, and with that, you said you have a team working with you. Yeah. Uh, How many people does that consist of? What do they do? I mean. Yeah. So yeah. So that's um, and that's kind of what inspired the real ones because the people who are close to me, they are the most down-to-earth people I have personally known that just keep it real, you know what I mean, just <laughs> simply saying. And so that's what kind of brought that name up to me. And um, so we got um, my friend uh, Arzy, that's where he goes by sometimes, Ezra. Uh, he helps me create all of, like, the uh, the Photoshop and any artwork that I want to put for the album and photography and my other friend Craig. They help me bring all those things to life. Then I, um, my producer, Icicle, he helps anytime I'm in the studio, uh, just help me make the art as, as beautiful as it possibly can and, um, you know, bringing it all together. Okay. Yeah. What have been some of the big bumps along your road of this album? Uh, writer's block. It's the first time I would say I've ever struggled with writer's block. Okay. Yeah. So what have you done to, what have you done to try and combat against it? Um, I find that when you struggle with writer's block, you have to just kind of change your perspective. Um, Too many times with art and other artists in general, they think, okay, the song has to sound, it has to follow the structure. But when it's art, you can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? So I don't have to follow any structure. I don't have to make it sound any type of way. I can do what I want. And when I change my perspective to that, I say, okay, I'm just going to write whatever I want on this, and then it turns out to be nice. You know? That's awesome. I mean, it is art. I mean, that's yeah. how you express yourself. There is no set guidelines for any type of art. So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome that you have that, that look look on it. Man, I tell you, writer's block is so real. <laughs> it is. It is it so is. real. You'll just be like, 
like the your creative juices will still be flowing like you're mm-hmm. still like in the right like uh in the right like space like oh man i'm I'm so excited to write about this yeah and i wanted to go like this but but wait 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 what 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 comes after is like like it's, it's yeah. so it's so like real like you'll just like you said it's like a roadblock it's just like yeah it just drops an anvil on you man it mm-hmm. me off. for sure <laughs> oh my for god sure. so uh you're talking about the album i'm really getting this vibe that it's like uh you know you got these big sexy singing hooks real catchy mm-hmm. and then you come in on these verses and it's just like so like real raw yeah uh what uh besides which which one of the two did, that you mentioned you said was going to be on the album i, I already lost that oh um none this oh, far neither um, excuse me that's um bad. i came out with a song on um called on and on a single okay okay um and another one called me on youtube and i'm considering if i want to put on and on on the album because it um i originally was going to but i decided to put it out a little sooner so okay. that might be maybe not let's see how it goes okay yeah. but yeah i'm basically asking like do you have a song that you have out right now that's like a like a good like you know sort of sampler plate kind of like a tester or a taster of like what this album's going to be like yeah and so that's what mm-hmm. this summer that's what is in, in in line for this summer so okay it's in the lineup i got you man yeah. i got you i'm real excited yeah i'm real excited man mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure Oh man, so so what do you do? Uh, is this just what occupies you? You know, you get you get off of work, you get out of school. Mm-hmm. You do you just sit down and go to your music, or do you have other things, um, other things in your life besides you know music that that occupy you? Mm-hmm. So I'm a big like family man type of person, <laughs> you know. Um, I have nothing but sisters, and I love spending time with them, and so. Um, which is probably usually weird because usually brothers and sisters don't get along very well. But um, I, that's kind of what I do in my spare time. I don't. I'm not a big like partier and going out every weekend. I'm either at work or I'm just kind of chilling with my fam and friends. How outnumbered are you? Huh? By your sisters? Seven. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh Jesus Christ! That's insane, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm. I'm actually sorry. Are they all older, younger? Where, where do you fit yeah, in? Right in the middle, man. You're right in the middle. Right in the middle. Seven <laughs> yes. <laughs> right in the middle. That that. Okay. Okay. So when you were younger, that probably was rough. But now that you're you're yeah. grown, how, yeah. how old is the youngest uh, huh. out of all? Of all uh, the youngest is my sister Lauren, and she just turned ten. Oh wow. Yeah. The oldest is twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you twenty twenty one now? 20 yeah got you be 21 in june got you man mm-hmm. that is insane i i have one sister and i don't think i could manage having maybe another one let alone yeah it's a bit others. hectic but <laughs> i managed somehow you know what i'm saying oh man go ahead how's ha- how has having seven sisters influenced your your music style because obviously that's not that that definitely can impact a lot of things in your life. Yeah. Um, I know it's probably a little odd, but I would say I'm a bit of a feminist um, because having other women who are that close to me and, and really being able to understand and see their perspective, it kind of has changed my perspective on women um, as just being a man. And, um, and so I actually touch on that in some of my songs and some of the things that I do, um, that mentality of just how women kind of get the short end of the stick. And in every culture and every country since the beginning of time, they've gotten the short end of the stick. And um, I don't think that's very right. You know? Yeah, no, I don't, yeah. Think it's, I don't think it's right for anybody to have the short end of the stick, <laughs> right. let's be honest here. Yeah. But that's, I definitely, me growing up with brothers, uh-huh. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm like, 
oh, we got to go fight something or we got to go, we got to (laughs) go just do something manly. But then again, on the, but then again, I'm definitely my, my mom's son. Like I, I'm more of my mom than my dad, I feel. Mm -hmm. So I definitely still have that, that sweet, that feminist sweet spot mentality. Mm -hmm. So I definitely, I feel like I can relate to most sides of anything for the most part Mm -hmm. but it's just it's just being on one side and then seeing the other especially Mm -hmm. in your case growing up with seven sisters seeing what the what society has put on women in general Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's just it's terrible and again same thing with the race wars and religion people fighting over religions i i just think it's one thing to just keep us split apart when what we should do is just be together and be be one person you know Mm -hmm. be in unison but then again if we do that the government's gonna basically fall apart because then they can't control their little factions you know Mm -hmm. but going back to the album one thing i really wanted to ask you about with this album or actually more like your music in general um can we use one of your songs as the intro to this to this podcast? Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure because anytime I, anytime we have someone music related, I I want to at least promote their their stuff at the beginning of the Yeah, for sure. of the podcast. It's not just send it your way. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So, going back to you. I want to know what are three big trials and tribulations that's you that you've gone through in your life mm-hmm. well the most recent one is i would say being at the school i was at um wasn't a lot of black people there and um it was just a, a rough community it was kind of my first experience being within a christian community on a day-to-day basis and i didn't like it at all um i would say my mindset as of lately that that recent trial has shaped that um yeah, for sure. Um, then um, going back, because uh, I used to be it's a stupid kid, and I'd get in trouble at school all the time and stuff like that, and um, almost got expelled from school and high school, and um, just just being dumb. And I would say that period of time um, kind of helped shape me, and I was like, I had to go to this like program for like, because uh, I was suspended for like almost a month. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I had to go to this program in school where I just had to go after school for like um, three hours doing my homework and stuff. And most of the time I was by myself because during the day my parents were at work and things like that. And then um, when the evening came, when anyone would be around, I was working. And <clears throat> kind of having that time of just being in my own headspace, it kind of showed me it kind of let me know what I could do because I became more focused in that period of time in my life. And it's been like that ever since. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, Oh yeah. Then the, I would say maybe the first, first tribulation I'm going from the most recent to the earliest, um, would be kind of how I grew up. Um, not having any real male role models in my life, um, was a struggle. And, um, you know, it just, even my dad, I don't really speak to him now. And, uh, it, that is something that still kind of pains me to this day, which is another thing I touched on in my album. Um, it, 
it's just it's I don't think that um that young men should grow up without any type of male role models in their life, you know. Even if it's just a coach or somebody, they have to have someone they can look to on what it means to be a man, you know. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, all right, so so the first thing I want to talk about, touching on the on the second uh, trial you mentioned mm-hmm. there, um, what what role do you think just just the friends you had around you, you know, mm-hmm. the people that you had around you, uh, what role do you think they played in in getting you into that 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 place in your life? Uh, I would say like some of the friends <laughs> I had, always just smoking and 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 drinking and just just that mentality that's like the most important thing in the world is just smoke get high and mm-hmm. and talk to whatever girl you holler at next and this and that and um and we are a product of those who surround us is true but we have we make that choice to be in that type of environment so um in that period of time i was like you know i have to change my life mm-hmm. i was like if i keep going on this path i'm never going to be anybody you know, I'm going to be a loser ultimately. And I said, I don't want that for me. And I've had, I had to make a lot of hard decisions along the road um, of kind of, you know, just taking a step back from a lot of situations and a lot of people who, who were, they didn't really do anything wrong to me per se, but they weren't what was best for me in that period of time. And so I had to make a lot of hard decisions and, um, and still making hard decisions. Um, because when you decide you want to do something, it's a daily choice. People, if anybody tries to tell you, oh, it's just this one God sent moment that I decided I I was going to be this way and never look back, that it is true that may have been the catalyst, but eventually you're going to run out of steam and you have to make the hard choices always. So, yeah. yeah. And then going back to your first, like your very... Mm-hmm. first trial with with your whole father situation how is that molded you for when for your mindset for when you become a father when you become a parent or has that sculpted you to the point where you don't want to be a parent because of how bad that situation mm-hmm. may have been for you i would say it it kind of showed me what things i need to do you know at least what not to do um Again, I just keep <laughs> honing in on the consistency, you know, because I wouldn't say that he was just, I never even knew him because um, he was there from time to time, but he was very inconsistent in my life, which led to me being very disappointed, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I would think that when I have a son of my own, that I have to make sure I'm in the type of place where I can be as consistent and set up an environment that is consistent. Because without consistency, um, a lot of things go wrong. Yeah, it's just yeah, it does. No, yeah, completely agree and understand. <laughs> yeah, but with that being said, I personally have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. What is one or a couple big things you could tell up and coming artists on how to uh, better succeed in this music music industry in this day and age? I would say research. Um, you have to you have to be a thinker and as a um artist you are a business and um the people who consume your music don't realize that they just only will care about your products which is fine cuz they're you know that's fine but as the artist you're going to have to be a business and if you do want to get that big record label to sign you one day you have to 
let them know that you're a sound investment. You know what I mean? And so you have to be able to uh, conduct yourself accordingly. And then uh, secondly, keep just keep making music. Um, you have to consistently put out content to people for them to actually follow you. You put out one album and then disappear for five years and put another one. You know, no one's people will forget about you, especially in this day and age. And then um, third of all, I would say stay in your own lane because we're in such a global market today. It's easy to compare yourself to what another artist is doing, what somebody else is doing. Just you have to, even if that's one person who listens to your music or a million, you have to be faithful and be true to those people who enjoy your music. So, wow, yeah. I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, on that same vein, a good piece of advice I once heard was, um, don't compare yourself to uh to like everybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Yeah. So that way you get that like incremental growth as life yeah. goes on. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, go, going going back to that that uh the the first trial you mentioned, mm-hmm. so chronologically, I guess the most recent. Uh, you you talked about like just being in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you said this is your first time being in a completely like Christian school sort of mm-hmm. environment, and you didn't like it. Could could you just talk about a little bit about like what what happened? Um, it just with uh, a lot of the a lot of people. Um, they can't see past the tip of the nose, honestly. And um, in the Christian community specifically, and I actually touched on this um, on my album in a song called Trumpet Day. Um, and so I don't know if you guys are familiar, but um, on the second coming of Jesus, um, you know, you'll hear trumpets and this and yeah, that. And yeah. So that's why I named it that. And um, basically in the song, it's just like, I'm just saying I have to take a step away from this. Um and I'm just like, um, on that trumpet day, I only can hold myself accountable and I'll have to uh, answer to the decisions I made. And so uh, a lot of Christians um, in in the Christian community, they, don't, they think that um, a physical building is the church, but you and I are the church. And whether you're the Jews or the Gentiles and just to give you a little bit of like background information, um, the Gentiles were like the commoners or the people who weren't necessarily believers. And so fast forward to 2019, whether you're a Christian or non-Christian or whatever, I'm, I'm here to, to just be a good person to you and to love you the same way that I love God and God loves me. And I did not see that in that environment. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt, um, very judged and i felt i saw how hypocritical it was you know these people would lift their hand there'd be praising to god and this and that and then um go do this that and the third on the weekend and that's cool if that's their prerogative but then they would judge the next person for doing exactly what they're doing i just when i actually got to see it and analyze it 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 deeply troubled me and to the point where i was like i don't want this and i can't be a i can't be a part of this anymore you know, mm. and um, some people don't agree with that, but I would say don't define me as I'm a Christian. Define me just I'm a man of God that loves you the same way I love myself, you know. It really seems yeah. like there's some sort of conflict there between the idea of you being a Christian and then also this, like, idea of, like, a Christian society where, like, yeah. people in that Christian society, you have to live this kind of way. Yeah. But, but Christianity, like you said, it's about you. It's, yeah. it's about 
it's about your judgment day. It's about your relationship with God and the way that you conduct yourself and the mm-hmm. way that you treat people. Yeah. It's not about society. And too, too many people really try to get this whole like top down approach to Christianity. It's bottom up. Yeah. It's it's good person, good person, good person across the board. Then mm-hmm. then you get to that good society, not the other way. Yeah. And so it's just like if everyone is focused on loving and if you break down the whole Bible into two things, everything is two things in a nutshell is love God with all your heart, mind and soul and love the next person as you love yourself. And if you do those two things, then you'll be all right. Wow. We yeah. can end it there, can't we? Yeah. I've been Marcus. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that nah, yet? Plug what you need. Plug your social medias. Uh, yeah. Plug the upcoming album. Anything you want. Plug whatever you want. Yeah. So um, you guys can find me at um, Elijah Seabrook. That's E-L-I-J-A-H-S-E-A-B-R-O-O-K. Um, anywhere on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And... Um, and just thanks you guys for listening. Hey, no problem. I'll have all those linked in the show notes. Here you go, Marcus. Now we can do it. Oh, yeah. I've been Marcus. I've been Nico. And this is Porch Talk. Thanks for listening.